How many are there? So I'm coming back from one of the trips to the Sudan, and I'm really tired, and I'm coming through immigration, and the guy's getting ready to stamp the passport. And he said, what are you doing in the Sudan? And, uh, oh, I'm sorry, honey. Uh, what are you doing in the Sudan? And he said, well, we were working with an orphanage over there and explained some things to him. He said, well, how long have you been there? You know, they, how, how have you know, if you've ever been back from a country, especially in the Middle East, they throw questions at you rapid fire. And then finally he said, how many books in the Bible? I said, 67. And, uh, and he said, okay, and stamped my passport. And I started to walk on through, and he said, by the way, Oh, he'd already asked me if I was a pastor. And, and, and I said, 67. He stamped my passport, and I started to walk away. And he said, and by the way, there are only 66. <laughs> he's, a pretty sharp, he's a pretty sharp guy. Can I give that to you? And Hubert, are you mending good? Yes, sir. Hubert is uh, recovering from some surgery. We've got to get him recovered quickly so we can get that sound back up here because you don't want me on those, but you're doing good. Father, we thank you for the rapid recovery for Hubert. We thank you, Lord, that everything is going well in his life. Everything is going well in Sheila's life. And we just thank you for the long life that they have serving you and being all that you've called them to be in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. I want us to pray for Roberta Dye. She's not here tonight, but... Uh, Oh, Roberta, she is here? She is here. She was here. She's not here. Uh, she had a, a, a grandchild that went to be with the Lord, a three-month-old grandchild, and uh, not sure where she is, but let's lift her up, and then let's continue to pray for John Ganser's father, Daniel. Uh, saw him today, and he's going to be having... Um, some further evaluation down in Indianapolis regarding some health situations. So, Father, we lift up Roberta and the family, and we know that that child at age three months is alive and well in heaven. And we thank you for that arrival, and we thank you for comforting the family and Roberta. We thank you for Dan Ganser, and we thank you, Lord, that the medical personnel are going to be able to know exactly what needs to be done, how it needs to be done, and when it needs to be done. And we thank you that there was no end to your means to heal. In the name of Jesus, we pray, and thank you for that. And everybody said? Well, let's get our Bible out. What do you got, my I darling? I just want to give this announcement. Um, Tease, which is a haircutting salon, is going to be doing a haircutting thing for wigs for kids, uh, for children who, with who cancer. Is? Uh, it's it's called Tease. It's a, a hair salon, along with uh, another company. They're just going to be cutting hair. Uh, and if anybody at the end, Jason. Jason, wave your hand. Jason will be back there in the back with flyers. Um, I think that's a, a really good thing, that if you want to do something like that, there's an opportunity uh, for you to get involved. Who's in our church doing that? Jason Mullender, his wife, Jenna. Oh, Jenna's? Yeah. Great. Wigs for kids. Are these kids that have had uh, chemotherapy, stuff yeah. like that? Yeah. Oh, that sounds like a great cause. Praise God. Okay, well, we got your Bible? Yep. It's awfully quiet in here. Shake, pinch somebody. Just no, don't just not, pinch no. somebody right next to you and say. <laughs> we don't want that reputation. Go to victory. Somebody will pinch you. Haven't you ever been next to somebody who just wanted to pinch them? Oh. You know you have. You know you have. You pinched me before. Yeah. <laughs> Pam's awfully spunky. She seems like she's probably just very nice, easygoing, but she's not. She's not. She can be. She can be pretty rowdy. We're gonna have a demonstration if he doesn't stop talking. She can be pretty. You think he can be pretty rowdy? Pretty rowdy. Yeah, sometimes. Well, if you get me fired up. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You get all fired up and you get a little rowdy, mouthy. <laughs> do you? No. Do you? You. T- they went. Ooh. You tell them. <laughs> Am I wrong or are they wrong? Well, uh, one of us is wrong. Either all of you who went, ooh, or I am right. I, I am mouthy sometimes. Are you? Yeah, if you push me hard enough, I <laughs> <laughs> How many well, of you get pushed so far? Yeah. Well, what that means is you. Pastor need, Bill says now you need to practice being need more self controlled. You need to get pushed a little harder because <laughs> when you lose it, You've obviously got a flaw. Yeah. 
because you're not supposed to lose it. There you go, right there. That's it. <laughs> okay, is that the word of God? We have visitors, is that correct? They're, they're, they just left. <laughs> Did we? <laughs> well, wherever you are, we're glad you're here. <laughs> Not really true. That's how we grow. Where are the visitors? Can I see them? Yeah. One, yeah. two. Yeah, let's give them another yeah. warm welcome. We're glad you're here. Sundays, 9, 11 o'clock. Got great Sunday services. Midweek, 6.30. Great children's services. Uh, youth services. Nursery. Teach the children the Word of God. Are you ready tonight? I am. You fired up? You ready to go? Yep. Let's say it. The Word, Word of, God of God is... is, is <laughs> do you want us to repeat or go say ahead. it? With go you? ahead. There, yeah. The, the Word of God is truth. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. How many of you really believe it's just that simple? Yes, Tell that guy amen. next to you, that girl. It's just that simple. You live the word, you become blessed, and you don't, you won't. And what we've got to do then is understand that we need to know what the Word of God says, not only written, thank God for that, but also written by the man of the Holy Spirit so that we can move out and be what God has called us to be and not be moved by the voices that are in the world. And, honey, there are a lot of voices out there in the world. You had a message in the beginning of this year. 2016 will be a year of fulfillment. I felt like I had a message that 2016 is going to be a year of victory. How many of you want fulfillment? How many of you want victory? It is out there, and it's ready for you. I also thought I had a word that the Lord said that there are going to be shakings of the nations and that you're going to have to know what God is really speaking to you as we go through the day-to-day -day activities that God has for us. And then last week, you were not here, but I talked about your mind, friend. Mine or theirs? Your, your mind. No. It was all about you last week. <laughs> It was all about you. No, no. Our mind, actually. I wasn't here, so it, it well, well, the title said your mind, uh, friend or foe, uh, friend or adversary, but basically our mind. That, that that thing that sits between our ears somewhere in this vicinity is a mind that we were born with, but it can be a friend or it can be an adversary. You found that out sometimes? Yes. That your mind can give you thoughts that just line up with the Word of God and are the Word of God and are the will of God by the Holy Spirit. And then sometimes you get wacko. Is that, have you ever felt th that kind of thing going on? And tell the people all about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think it's easy for your mind to just wander. How many of you have had your mind? If, if we're not in charge of our mind, our mind will take charge by itself. And some thoughts that go through my mind sometimes, uh, I'll just happen to catch the thought that I thought. Does that make sense? It's just like, well, where in the world did that come from? It's like I, I, wasn't even, I wasn't even going down that kind of road. Where did that thought come from? Sometimes God will give you uh, words of knowledge and things that will come just like that. Other times it's just the enemy wanting to stir you up. And some of those thoughts, you just get you riled up. How many of you have ever just, you know, you just got a thought and you wake up and you start meditating that thought. And before long, you're riled up a long time ago. My husband threatened to throw the scales out. He said there was a demon in our scales. <laughs> because if he got to me after I'd weighed myself and I wasn't happy, <laughs> I was riled up. <laughs> you know what I did one time? I'll confess right now because I think it's kind of cute. Oh. He's turned the scales up on me. No, no, turn them back. Oh, so I'd weigh less? Well, not necessarily for that reason. I just thought back was better. <laughs> <laughs> but then I saw it a few days later, it was turned back up to where it belonged. Yes, I do look to see if it's on zero. <laughs> because I live with you. I, I know where that demon lives, it, right by that number. <laughs> and, and if that number gets surpassed, that sucker manifests. My wife goes in the bathroom one way and comes out a whole different woman. It's like me and the dog, we go to the other side of the house. 
Well, some of you, how many of you have ever had that happen to you? Just, you know, that's how the enemy does. He wants us, you know, we all have thoughts, but it's what we meditate on. There's a difference. And if you, if he can trigger something in us that will make us stay on a thought that's not a good thought, he will begin to play with our emotions. And then our emotions get involved. And then we begin to act out of our flesh instead of our spirit. And I just think that's everybody. We're, we're human. We make those errors. But if we take charge of our mind and we tell our mind what to think based on what our spirit is saying, then we can get ourselves back under control. Your emotions will just take over. My emotions, anybody's emotions, if we give them an opportunity. Do you think that women are more emotional than men sometimes? <laughs> Let's go to the outline. <laughs> First yes, I'll tell you what, Th- Sheila today, Sheila, <laughs> this is Sheila texted me and said, I said, how are you doing over at your house? She said, we're doing good. We haven't, we haven't killed each other yet because <laughs> they're home alone together. That's a big charge and change. I'm telling you, when Pastor Bill retired, I about refired myself right out of that house because sometimes we're in situations, you know, that cause us to have a little friction because we're not used to it, you know, and our thoughts, we got to get a, I laughed when I read that. I thought, got you, sister. I know about that. But, you know, we need, to, we need to learn to train our mind to think like we're supposed to think. And that's a discipline. I guess my husband talked about that last week. And I talked about it on Sunday. Something good will happen to you every single day because God is a good God. And Jesus went about doing good. But if we haven't trained our mind to receive it, we're not even going to know it happened. And discipline has to do with training our minds. It, it really does, honey. And the scripture that God gave me for, for me this year, but I believe it's for all of us, it was 1 Corinthians 15, 57, and 58. I've already shared it with you. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. So let's all say, I have the victory. I have the victory. We have to walk it out, but we have the victory. But then it goes on to say, therefore, be steadfast, immovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. So therefore, we have that ability to be steadfast, immovable, always abounding, no matter what we see or no matter what we experience. No matter what we see or what we experience, we can be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. A little slow on the trigger, but not bad. What are we going to be? Steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. If we really believe that, we would try our best to live the Word of God written and the Word of God by the Holy Spirit. We would be happy all the time. We would be joyful all the time. People would look at us and say, how can they be so happy all the time? Because things aren't going right in their life. Things won't always go right, but we don't have to be moved emotionally or in the realm of our thoughts. We can concentrate on what does the Word of God say. You have an enemy who is sworn to kill you and to steal and to destroy from you. I have that same enemy. I also have a friend, and my friend is Jesus. And he said in the book of John chapter 13 that no longer do I call you servants. You are now my friends. And a friend will lay his life down for a friend. And we have a friend in Jesus who has shown us the way through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus came down and did it all. And then it was somewhat of a, you know, paraphrasing, but a tag team match. He left and sent the Holy Spirit. And now we have the same power that Jesus had when he was here that we can walk in the fullness of the truth of the Word of God and that God's will is nothing causes us to respond in any way other than he would have us respond and that we begin to live the life that God has called us to live. You know, I think there's always things all the time happening around us, uh, all those voices, because God's been speaking to me about the voices. Uh, We all have opportunity to hear voices. You know, that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. There's all kinds of voices. There's your voice, you know, that you hear. There's the enemy's voice, sometimes just in your head, other times through people who are saying things that are trying to pull you. The enemy's trying to pull you away from what you're supposed to be thinking. Uh, There's the voices of people that you have confidence and trust in that maybe they have good intentions, but they're not God 
his God, God's intention for you. Yeah. They could be good intentions, but they're just not God's intention for you. Maybe it's not the right time. Maybe it's, you know, something that is a word for them, but it's not a word for you. And, and so we have to be aware of what voice we're listening to. You know, Jesus said in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. Uh, we're, we're supposed to hear God's voice. Like a little gal, I, I mentioned this on Sunday that I was talking to in the Philippines. You know, when you call, um, I was calling on my mother's insurance. And, you know, it's just an insurance company in the United States. But the call centers for most of those places are in the Philippines, in, uh, you know, really Puerto Rico. They're, they're in all kinds of places. You can tell because you'll call and uh, they say their name's Henry, but you know their name's not Henry. You know, <laughs> that's just the name they picked, you know, to have a name that sounds like the U.S. But uh, I asked this little girl, where are you? And she said, in the Philippines. Well, when I was in the Philippines, right across the street were all these big call centers. And uh, so I began to talk to her. And, and, uh, and one of the things... <laughs> She, we were talking about Jesus because she said, do you know the saints? And, I, and so I asked her if she was Catholic. She said, yes. I said, well, um, the important thing is that you know Jesus because I wasn't going to get in a discussion about the saints. I didn't feel to do that. I just said, the important thing is that you know Jesus. So she said, I know Jesus. She said, I talk to Jesus, and he talks to me. I thought that. I said, you're okay then. You just listen for that voice. And so, you know, it's important that we learn to know the voice of the Lord for us, for what we need to hear, because you can only live your life. You know, if you're hearing everything there is that needs to be done for somebody else, you might want to check what you're hearing. Because a lot of times people hear what Sally needs, what Harry, you know, if only they could hear what I, I've, God's shown me about them. God's told me this about them. Well, you know, what's God told you about you? Well, I haven't really heard anything about me. Well, <laughs> that may be part of the problem why you're hearing everything about so-and-so. Because you're not really letting God speak to you about you. Everybody say this, God wants to talk to me about me. Yes, because God works with each one of us to grow us up into who he wants us to be. That's a good word, honey. The scripture I gave you just a minute ago, but it's First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. We shared, shared it last Wednesday, but it says, Be sober and be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may destroy. Therefore, resist him steadfast in the faith. How many of you know that there is a person in the devil that is trying to destroy you. He's done it in the past. He'll do it in the present. And he's planning how to do it in the future. And he's looking for a weak spot in you. And he always attacks through the mind and through the thoughts. It's no different than he did in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And so, therefore, we've got to be strong. Now, Jesus said, and I said it was John chapter thir uh, 13. It's John chapter 14. If you love me, keep my commandments and that if you are my friend and that he oh wait a minute it's verse number 13 where did i go here i lost my place uh uh b -b 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 15 john 15 yeah. uh, uh you know what i lost my place totally uh wh where he said he, that you'll be my friend john 15 13 Oh, yeah, 15. I'm sorry, 15, 13. Greater love has this uh, that than to lay down one's life for his friends. You're my friends if you do whatever. And you can put any word in there you want. He uses the word command. When Jesus asks us to do something, it's not say, hey, pretty please, would you really do it? That's God speaking to us. And it says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. And, and then it goes on to talk about how no longer are you servants. You are my friends. So we get to the point. John chapter 10, 27, Pam just shared it earlier, that it's, uh, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. How many of you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you know you know that through the power of the Holy Spirit that came in? Can I see your hand? Now, you hear the voice of the Lord. Turn to your neighbor tell you, you hear the voice. You hear the voice. That still, small, inner voice is speaking to you, and you hear it. However, you can crowd it out by hearing voices that God is not assigning to you to hear for the moment. And what you shared just a moment ago, sometimes people will come to me and they'll say, you know, I, I like to ask people, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? But they'll say, well, I, I was listening to this, and this person said this, and this person said that. And all of these voices that you just said, how many of you know that when the voice is really from the spirit of the devil, 
you recognize it. Oh, yeah. You, you, you know, you're, you're getting a lot sharper. Thank you for those five hands that just went up. Well, let's say that all over again. How many of you are beginning to recognize when the devil is trying to plant thoughts in your life? You got to be getting a lot smarter in that arena. But then also, there are a lot of thoughts that don't necessarily compromise what God's will is, but it might not be God's will for you in that arena. And that all of these voices that are out there that are good voices given the will of God, but God wants to speak to us individually and sovereignly, and that there are voices out there that we will hear that will really resonate with us as to what God's calling us to be. It would be no different, you know I love sports, it would be no different than being on a ball club and, and, and you're called to be the second baseman. The second baseman is trained differently than the catcher. The catcher is trained differently than the third baseman. In the body of Christ, we have many different positions. And sometimes you might hear something that, well, we should all do this or we should all do that or whatever. Maybe that's for you and maybe it's not for you. Should we all pray more? Yes, we should pray more. Should we all fast more? Yes, we should all fast more. Should we all do a lot of things after? As the Holy Spirit leads, and sometimes you can get confused hearing all the good voices that are out there thinking that you have to do it. How many of you have ever had that happen to you? I need to pray more. I need to spend more time in the Word. I need to eat less. I need to eat more. I need to exercise more. I need to do this. I need to sleep more. I need to get up more. I need to sleep less. I remember when we were at Victory. Billy Joe, bless his heart, he's up in heaven right now. But we had a guy come through, F.F. Bosworth's son, came through, and he was big on prayer. Turn to your neighbor and say, we should all be big on prayer. We should all be big on prayer. He was big on prayer at 5 in the morning. And Billy Joe got a hold of that message and said, we're all praying at 5 in the morning. Everybody in the church, I want them in here, and especially the staff. Well, we happen to be on staff then. That meant we got our kids up at 4 o'clock to go pray at 5 o'clock, to go to work at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock and fall asleep during the lunch hour. And that is exactly what happened. It only lasted for a while. Now, we had huge turnout in the beginning, but after a while, it's like, why are we praying at 5 o'clock? I had my prayer time all set. I was doing great. Now I pray at 5 in the morning. The kids are grumpy. I'm grumpy. Nobody likes anybody. I mean, it was horrible. It really, it really was. Do you remember we, that? Yeah, we had a little car, and we had all three of those kids. Prayer was there. not the problem. Oh, no. No, prayer was the problem. No. It was a problem. We were following somebody else who said you need to pray at 5 a.m. Yeah. because God always had him pray at 5 a.m. I don't know about you, but if God wants me, well, let me rephrase that. I don't know about you, but if somebody wants me to pray at 5 a.m., they got a weak prayer warrior. But if I can pray on my schedule, which what works out good for me, at 5 a.m., I am sound asleep. Yeah, How many of you are sound asleep <clears throat> at 5 a.m.? And then Larry Lee came through. I don't know if you remember that name years ago down in Texas. And uh, the scripture that said, could you not wait an hour? Could you not wait and pray, you know, when Jesus was in the garden? So he was teaching everybody needs to pray at least an hour. And you need to pray the Lord's Prayer. Well, you know, you can get on. That was true for him. It was helpful for a season in their church. You know, they put everybody on that, and it brought unity. But but then people begin to fall off of that because it really wasn't for them. It was, it was something for a moment that was to bring everybody into unity, but it wasn't a, a, a lifetime commitment. But then what happens sometimes in those situations, people actually fall away. They give up on themselves. Or they hear too many messages because they watch so many people on television that every show has a different message. And by the end of the day, all they can figure out is, I, I can't do any of them. I mean, I'm, I'm in bad shape. When really, God is wanting to do something wonderful in their life, but it was just what God wanted to do in their life, not what all these other people were talking about at the same time. And so I think it's very important. We all hunger for the Word of God, but we need to know where we're getting that Word of God and that it's the Word that God wants us to hear for that season that we're in in our lives. This happened, and if you don't mind, we're sure what, what about the staff meeting just the other day, if you don't mind. Do you mind? No. Good. Okay. And uh, so anyway. Uh, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> no, no, I want, I want to. How many? I know. How, you want to hear stories about Pam? How many want to hear stories about Pam? <laughs> one brave hand went up. Just one. They're all good. No, but this person was a, a, 
I started to use the word babbling. They weren't babbling. They were so excited about what they'd heard. And they were telling about da 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 And I heard this and did it and so did this. And I said, what's the Holy Spirit telling you? And I said, well, I'm not sure. And, and it was like, okay, it's great to hear what everybody in the world is saying, but how about saying what the Holy Spirit is saying to you? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you hear from the Holy Spirit. You hear from the Holy Spirit. And we, and we were talking at the staff meeting, and you were sharing some things yourself. Well, we were trained. You know, we were trained in a church where our pastor, Pastor Billy Joe, would, it, it, it was happened all the time. If he saw you in the hallway, if he ran into you anywhere, Pam, What's the Holy Spirit been saying to you? And you better be have some answer. Because he believed that we should always be hearing what the Holy Spirit's saying because we need the Holy Spirit. If we're operating apart from what we think God's saying, then we're operating on our own ability. Right. And uh, we worked for him. And he wanted us doing what God was telling us to do, not just what anybody thought we should do. Do you know when everybody does what God tells them to do in an organization, it'll all flow peacefully? Everybody's in their role. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're not worried about what Sally Sue's doing that they didn't get to do, that they should have got to do. You know, the enemy's not telling them you're not doing a good enough job, so they pick so-and-so. When you are listening to the Holy Spirit, you, you're flowing in whatever God's told you to do, and it just brings unity into the body. And so the enemy wants to scramble our thoughts. And uh, I've, I, for me personally, <clears throat> Pastor Bill's a lot different than me. We have so many books that we're going to have to buy us three more bookcases because we got books everywhere. In fact, he's got tubs behind his door in this one back room that when you go to go in the door, you bang into all the tubs. You can't even hardly get in the door. They're full of books. And so he's, he is prolific word reader. I mean, he loves books. He's buying books all the time. But me, I just read the word. I read the word and I have my one little devotional that I go through. But that's how God speaks to me. And I, I believe truly after this last few weeks, I, um, I felt like God really put it in my heart to listen to uh, Joel Osteen because he said to me, I want you to learn to, to keep it very simple. I believe there's a huge mass of people who are coming that have to have it very simple. Very simple. Uh, on Wednesday nights, starting next Wednesday, we'll start teaching the Word of God in here on Wednesday nights in a way that people will grow in their faith, grow in their knowledge of the Word. But on Sundays, I believe it's going to have to become very simple because people are going to walk in. God is going to use a very simple message, and they are going to be immediately changed in their life from that simplicity. It's not going to be like what we're used to hearing because of the masses that are going to come. But they're going to get delivered and they're going to get set free. And believe me, they're coming. They're coming. And so, you know, I felt to listen to that. Well, I got to listen to him and then I I just thought, well, I'll just listen to Brother Copeland. And my sister listens to him. I thought, well, I'll flip over to him. And then I couldn't decide. I got my one daily devotional. Happened to be Joel Osteen's. That best, uh, your best is when you get up in the morning, you awaken every day to the best day you're going to have. And so I felt that was my devotional. Well, I kind of like last year's devotional from Joyce. So I had that one. Then I saw another one of Joyce's on sale for $5.99 in Florida. So I got that one on thoughts. So I'm in my car. I'm reading Joyce Meyer, two different devotionals, Joel Osteen's one devotional. I'm watching Joel Osteen. I get to the park to do my Bible reading. I do my Bible reading, and by then I have to go to work because I've spent all my time doing all of that. Never have talked to God, not one time. <laughs> Sorry, be back tomorrow. <laughs> but, but what I heard was the other day, I got to the park and I started to read, and I heard, stop listening to all those voices. You're listening to too many voices. Well, they're all good voices, and they're all good messages. But what it did was it separated me from the time that I have to hear God's voice for me. And so, you know, I, I, I had to put those devotionals in my office where I can't get to them because I'll be tempted if they're in my car. I have my one devotional, got my Bible, and then I've got my time where I can hear from God about what I'm reading and what I'm doing. When That's when he speaks to me about what to share with this church. 
Well, if I'm going to preach what God wants me to preach on Sunday, I need to know what God wants to preach to this church, not what he's saying to all these other people. And so, you know, I have my husband who informs me of things I need to know, but I don't need to hear all these different voices. I believe that happens in the church. People get so scattered in all these voices, and they're all good ones. But as far as their life, they have no clue what God is saying for them specifically. And all those voices that they're hearing are actually being used by the enemy to bring oftentimes judgment on them like you're not doing good enough here you're not doing good enough here you need to do better here you need to do better here you need to do better here and at the end of the day they just throw up their hands and say i can't do any of that and then people begin to fall back it's very critical in the day that we're living in you know god's voice for you for your children for your families how how many of you you know you have children you have your life you have your children's life you know i have my mother's life you know there's all these situations i've got to know what god is saying exactly about those things and i only have so many hours in my day so i have to become really uh, focused on what i'm supposed to be doing and count on god to take care of anything else i need to know to get it to me in that time that i have with the lord do you think the lord can tell you anything you need to know i believe that and uh, it was starting to make me just like i'd be hurrying you know trying to get it all in and then i couldn't remember anything and i got all done maybe that isn't your problem you might be able to read 50 things all day long but for me i have to have that time where my mind is quieted so i can hear my spirit and hear what's coming out of my spirit for me for my family, for this church. And and I encourage you in the day we're living in, you have to know God's voice for you. Otherwise, you'll be busy trying to be things that God isn't even trying to work in your life. How many of that bears witness with you that you have a lot of thoughts that come your way like Pam just said? Good, good stuff, not necessarily, you know, you're getting sharper. You don't, you're not entertaining the bad stuff. But what you entertain will pull your attention toward it. And one of the, the, the most powerful scriptures, I believe, in the entire Bible for me is in uh, Joshua 1, 8, and 9. And I, I've used that scripture a lot in this church because I meditate that scripture a lot myself. But it's when God was, was exalting Joshua into a leadership position. And, and he had been the understudy for Moses all those years. And it said, Joshua, if you will meditate the word of God day and night, you will make your you you will have good success and you will prosper. Don't ever be dismayed about anything. You will prosper, and that Joshua understood that principle from God. When when you have how many of you have a prayer journal? I see your hands. Okay, not every hand went up. Every single person, Christian on the face of the earth, needs a prayer journal to write down what you think. God is speaking to you so that you can follow that because that is God giving you direction. And there are, there are a lot of voices out there, as Pam said, and we're sharing with our staff. I was thinking back to when, when, when I went into the, the, into the, uh, 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 the uh, Marine Corps years, years and years ago. Uh, we, we were put into platoons, and we would go out to what's called a grinder. And we would have drill instructors, and there would be maybe 50 platoons or 20 platoons out there on this grinder, and each one would have maybe 75 to 100 men. And your drill instructor would be shouting instructions to you and uh, how to do whatever, and you're just learning anyway, and you don't recognize your drill instructor's voice yet, and so you would start to respond to another drill instructor. Well, they had a way of teaching you that that's not exactly the way you do it. It's called a whole bunch of suffering, and uh, we, we didn't do that too often, but it was like, how am I ever going to discern between 40 or 50 voices out there? But they would tell us, you will eventually discern my voice and you follow my voice i am the leader no one else and it's amazing how after a period of time you would hear command voices come but you knew it wasn't for you because it wasn't your shepherd we didn't call them shepherds but it wasn't we called them a lot of things but not shepherds but there you knew it was your drill instructor's voice you just knew that voice i don't understand how this goes but i understand a mom knows the voice of their baby. 
when their baby cries. Now, all babies sound like they cry alike to me, but, but I understand that the mom knows. We have to get that fine-tuned. And just this week, that it started last week, God was showing me some things. And uh, as, as God was showing me these things that I would write down in this prayer journal, uh, it, it, it was something that I felt like the Lord wanted me to do. How many of you have ever had something come in your spirit that you felt might be God showing you to do, but part of you did not want to do it? Can I, can I see your hands? Turn to your neighbor and say, been there, done that. And it just continued to grow. And in my life, once I hear from the Lord, or once I think I hear from the Lord, or once I write it down, I say, God, I'm just not sure if this is really you. I believe God sees our heart. And if he knows that we're struggling to make sure it's him, he'll confirm it to us. And God confirmed it to me. And so I finally re relented and did what I thought he showed me to do. It was so easy. It was unbelievable. I came out of there thinking, why did I put this off? I was trying to figure it out in the arm of the flesh what God was trying to show me to do in the realm of the spirit. Does that make sense? And when we stay in the realm of the spirit, then we are living the word of God. This word, and I hope you all understand this, this word can be taken and misappropriated. I'm going to speak to this wall and it's going to fall down. You can speak to the wall and it'll fall down if that's what God told you. But you can speak to the wall all day long like Joshua did at Jericho and that wall is not going to fall down if that's not the way the Holy Spirit wants to bring the wall down. The Holy Spirit's going to bring the wall down based on the instructions from the throne room of God. And if you line up and position yourself the way God wants you, Every single thing that God wants to be done is going to be done. And, and, and when I was praying about this earlier today, honey, it was the word, what the word gave me for the first of the year was that the nations of the world are going to be shaken. That, that is a word I have. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I know this. I know I heard it. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I know what I heard. I know what I heard. You know what you heard to write down in your thought life. Not, not a, vo a, a, a vocal voice per se. I've never heard the voice of God. But I've heard what I've thought is the thought voice of God in my spirit, that I know what God said. And I also know God said that if we'll be positioned the way he wants us to be positioned, we're going to be okay. We're going to be all right. And so then we've got to be so fine-tuned to what is the spirit saying. And this is the part where I, I was sharing with you earlier about there's a difference between a thought and meditation. You have thoughts all day long. And you either think for yourself or somebody will throw a thought, the world, the enemy, or whatever. But what we meditate is what we continually rehearse and entertain over and over and over again. That's the thing that will produce after itself. And the meditation is so important when we do that. You know, uh, it's true in, in every area of your life. The thing that you begin to think over and over and yep. over, eventually you will begin to do. Yeah. do, And that will come instantly to you. You know, um, if you go to a doctor and they give you a, a, an evil report, uh, medically that may be a report. But your heart will speak to your mind, I believe the report of the Lord. It's, it's not that you're saying, you know, you can't deny that there's something wrong if there's something wrong. Yeah. But you can apply the truth of the word to it immediately. Everybody yep. say immediately. immediately. And so you have to have those thoughts already disciplined in your mind to be able to speak them. And, uh, I, you know, you can't, you can't speak the word if you don't know the word. You, you can't. And, and I don't mean just know the Bible. I mean, you, you're not able to take a word that God quickens you in a second and speak it right out your mouth, right when it happens. And it may not be, you, you may be able to quote a scripture, but God will give you an immediate word, you know, for, for what you're facing. And then you can begin to attack that thing with the word that God has given you for that situation. And over time, I have learned not, you know, God's word is higher than ours. It says in Isaiah 55, it says that his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher, but it never says we can't know them. 
First Corinthians chapter two says, "I has not seen nor ear heard the things that God has prepared for those He loves, but the Holy Spirit." Everybody say the Holy Spirit. He says His Spirit will reveal those things to us, but they come out of our spirit, not out of our head. And so we have to have our spirit fine-tuned to get a hold of our head, get a hold of our mind, and meditate what God's telling us to meditate. I know over the years in in this church, there's things God's begun to teach me, and I've been meditating on them, and they don't look like they apply to anything. But then all of a sudden, something happens, and immediately I've got that word. Because it's been down in there, God's been brewing it, stewing it, and he knew what was coming. So he began to prepare me and train me and discipline me so that when it did happen, the first thing out of my mouth was what I had been hearing. Not just even that moment, but I'd been hearing it for a while, but I didn't know what it applied to. God is wonderful in telling us ahead of time, but but we have to make ourselves be disciplined to stay on that thing he's telling us. That's a good word. I'm going to read it in Psalms chapter 1 here, but don't you think that, and I'm not trying to be funny, I know it's going to sound like I am, but don't you think some people are more emotionally charged than others? And that they can respond quicker to things than other people that are maybe somewhat um, more mellow. In other words, people that get emotionally charged sometimes can react too quickly without knowing how God would want them to react. Does that, does that make sense, what I'm yeah. trying to say? I have to discipline myself more than Pastor Bill. I, in fact, one day, I'll just say this. There were two girls sitting here, and at the end of the service, they said to me, we just love Pastor Bill. He reminds us of our grandpa. He never got upset about anything, and Pastor Bill never gets upset about anything. Well, we know I that. didn't. I didn't ruin your reputation. You didn't. You didn't I said you that's didn't burst true. their bubble, did no, you? No, I said that's true. But my husband does. He's 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 much more uh, stable in his emotions than I have been over the years. But I have had to learn. Everybody say you better learn. Because where your weakness is, that's where the devil's going to come to get you. And so I've had to learn to discipline myself to think what God would have me say before I begin to respond. You can react or you can respond. There is a difference. Both, both things, your mouth will be flapping. But if you're reacting, you're emotional. If you respond, you're coming out of your spirit and what your spirit's showing you to say. How many of you would say that you know somebody that seems to be more of a reactor instead of a responder? And, 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 and it'll get you in trouble. It really will. Now, I am not saying I have arrived because I have not. And sometimes when I lose it, it is not pleasant at all. And my wife would say amen to that. Amen. But don't tell those two girls, whoever they were. I didn't. Because, I didn't. But, but, but I have learned the hard way over the years. I can't react or do anything in situations that I don't know what to do. I have to have a gap time to hear from the Holy Spirit. And you hear me say this a lot, and I know it sounds funny, but I love going with the wind. And I love the end of going with the wind. When Isn't it Charlotte? Charlotte says, oh, I can't think about that today. I'll think about that tomorrow. Sometimes Scarlet, you would be... Scarlet. 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 We watch it occasionally. Sometimes... Well, I like Rhett Butler. Sometimes... Sometimes... We need to stop thinking about something and go back to our meditation. Well, why, are we, why am I thinking about something that I don't know what to do? It's not multiple choice. Somebody came to me the other day, and they were so upset. And, well, I don't know about this. I, don't, I, I, I could do this, or I could do this, I could do this, and then I could do this, I could do that. And I said, you know, God is not multiple choice. And they looked at me with this duh look, and I said, he's got one plan. And one response, and you obviously haven't heard it yet. So you need to get quiet with the Lord until you've heard what God wants you to do. Don't be implementing some type of a multiple choice situation. Now, this is what it says in the book of Psalms. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Do you know that everybody that gives you counsel that has not heard from the Lord could possibly qualify for that? That's a whole new thought. 
Do you know what God's saying? No. I, I know this from Billy Joel, being around Billy Joel. When Billy Joel would come down and say, what's the Lord saying to, what's the Holy Spirit speaking to you today, Bill? He wanted to know for himself, and he wanted to make sure I knew. But I also saw him talk to people and say things to people, and they say, you know, I just, I don't know anything. And he'd walk right on by, probably because he didn't want to hear anything if you don't know what God wants to input into your life. Does that make sense to you? Turn to your neighbor and say, I want to know what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. I don't know what, I don't want to know what the world's saying. I want to know what the Holy Spirit's saying. But then it goes on to say, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Now look what happens. In and in his law he meditates day and night. That means he mutters, he moans, he ponders, he makes quiet sounds such as sighing, meditates, contemplates something as one repeats the word. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither. And whatever he does, based on his meditation, he will prosper. Now, at the uh, 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 Western Wall in where, the, where, where in Israel, when when they pray, and I and I shared this a long time ago, but but when you see the rabbinical people, the rabbis and all, I'm not exaggerating a bit. Some of you might have seen it on television. They're standing there doing what's called davening, and it comes from King David, and it's the way they pray. And they'll be praying like, this. "Oh, my nose is running." Glory to God. <laughs> shot right out there too and they're praying like this and and i mean truthfully i got tired watching them and and they're praying like this and they're praying and they're muttering their sign and they're muttering their sign and they're putting prayer requests up there and over and over and over again and and we were there for an hour or two and some of them were still there doing the same thing. They were getting the aerobic points, too. But that is how they pray over and over again. My God, so, you know, my God will supply all my needs according to riches and glory. My God will supply all my needs according to riches and glory. I look at my checkbook. What am I doing that for? Uh, my God will supply all of my needs according to riches and glory. And, and you get to the point when you fill your mind up with meditation instead of thoughts. And this is what, what I was talking about, emotional people, honey. If you're filling your mind up, with godly thoughts and meditation, you don't have time to be emotional. You're just going to respond based on the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And anyone that's meditating the Word of God 24-7 will be full of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, in, in emergency situations, you need to know what God's saying. You need to know whether to run or stand still. You need to know whether... To get in your car, you know, I, I watched the Weather Channel sometimes, and, and they were showing a tornado coming to a trailer park. And these, these guys are hollering, do we get in the truck or do we stay in the trailer? How many of you know neither one of those are good options? <laughs> However, I believe God would tell you, get in the truck or do this. Or, but, but we have to be trained. It isn't like, let me know in a little bit, because the tornado's coming right down the pike. It's the same with what's going to happen in our nation going to happen in the nations of the world there is a shaking when i was in the philippines they began to sing this song we will not be shaken and when i heard it god said sing it and sing it and sing it because you have to get it in your spirit we will not be shaken i will not be shaken we will not be shaken i will not be shaken because when it starts shaking that's what's got to come out of your mouth I will not be shaken. We will not be shaken. And and so, you know, God will use something. You know, I mean, I liked all the songs they sang, but when they sang that one, it was like, get it and sing it. And so we have to, same with the word, get that word and start saying it. You say, there's nothing going on in my life that has anything to do with that. Well, you don't know what day it's going to happen, but it's going to happen, and you better have that word in your mouth because that's the word that's going to deliver you at that moment because God said Everybody say, God said. And I do believe my God is faithful. He said, before things happen, I'll tell you. He tells us so we're ready when it happens, but we got to be ready with his word and not what we think, not what the newspaper said, not what, you know, the candidates are saying. This is a critical year for our nation, a critical year for our nation. And, and I, oh, I better stop, but I'll tell you another time. Well, uh, th that's a good word, honey. I, I don't have the scripture for this. But all I know is I'm continuing to hear it, and it lines up with what you just said, that before things happen, God will warn us. 
and God will give us wisdom to know what to do. And I, I, I read in this book one time that before there's a hurricane or an earthquake, the birds know about it, and they flee. How do the birds know about it? There's something that they sense, something that they know about. And years ago, I'm mean, talking about hundreds of years ago, People used to predict the weather based on animals, birds, and situations like that. Almanacs talk about that. I believe that God knows exactly what's going to happen, and he's only going to show us what he wants us to know when he wants us to know it. But he doesn't want us to get out beyond where he is because the number one thing the devil tries to do as he walks about as a roaring lion is to plant seeds of fear and anxiety in all of us. Now, the Word of God says that the moment we received Jesus and the, and the Holy Spirit came in, that we then received the Spirit from the living God and that we received the mind of Christ and that we have power, love, and a sound mind. Let's all stand to our feet. Power, love, and a sound mind. And that that is what we have 24-7, no matter what the circumstance. In the middle of a blizzard, we have? Power, love, and a sound mind. In the minute of abundance, we have? Power, love, and a sound mind. In the minute that we overdraw our checkbook, we have? Power, love, and a sound mind. When the kids do everything we tell them to do, we have? When we ask ourselves, who do these kids belong to, we have <laughs> anything contrary to power, love, and a sound mind is something we have done wrong because God has done nothing wrong. And the bottom line, I'm going to let you pray for the people, honey, but the bottom line is this. We are to present our body as a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service. And that we're not to be conformed to this world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we will know the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. I know the perfect will of God for my life. He wants me to walk with the joy of Jesus in my life because Jesus said, I come to give you my joy so that your joy would be full. We know what the Word of God says written and what the current manna says. And if we'll do it, we will always, always, always have power, love, and a sound mind. We will always be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And we will always, when our mind is renewed, have the fruit of the Spirit manifest in our life. Amen. Well, let's let's pray. You know, if, uh, maybe you're here tonight and there's situations and circumstances pressing against your life that are causing your mind to get more involved than it needs to. You know, sometimes waiting to hear.